0: Welcome to the Nerdaplexi Comic Movie Review Show. In this series, we are going to break down and analyze every comic movie released between 1989's Batman all the way to 2008's Iron Man. We're going to track the trends, hype the hits, and dunk on the duds, all in search of the perfect convergence of comics and cinema. Joining me on this epic journey is my longtime friend and frequent co-conspirator, Sam. How do? How do? He says that a lot, actually.
1: Yeah, he says it when she's on the... uh couple times he says it
0: and helping uh bring this cartoon of a movie to life it's dave
1: i'll dip my ladle in your vicious was <laughs>
0: oh, jesus these are not I, the lines i thought you guys were I gonna had, go for i had
1: the other one um, which i think was better than one um not that I'm, that sounds bad actually sorry Yours is fine.
0: Thanks.
1: <laughs> Yours is fine. Um, <laughs> well, there's two of them. Uh, I kiss me, my dear, and I will reveal my croissant.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. And our love is like a red, red rose, and I am a little thorny. <laughs> I was also I was thinking about going with an American with balls of steel. That's oh, what he yeah, says that's a great quote. <laughs> uh, that'll come up naturally.
0: <laughs> I have one. I have one highlighted here, and I can't pull it out just now. But we we will for sure get to that um well oh I had to do I have to do my thing sit back relax and grab your balloon animals as we dive into the mask I had one and I lost it I don't know what it was I'm not, it was so good I was like there's no way I want to forget this there's no way i need to write this down because I fucking... it'll come to you and you you can you can throw it in yeah I'll I'll, I'll cut it in a post no problem all right, The Mask. This one was released July ninth, 1994, directed by Chuck Russell, starring Jim Carrey, Cameron Diaz, and Peter Green.
1: I'm sorry. Are we not doing the Eric Stoltz share movie? Oh, that movie's a bummer. hmm
0: Yeah, Mask. Yeah, yeah. Well, I need an hour and a half. I watched Son of the Mask. Is that where we are? That is actually why you're currently zooming in from the county psychiatric hospital. Yes, I don't feel well. You just got axed. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great Jamie Kennedy joke. It really is. (laughs) I don't believe that this is a first viewing for any of us by any means. Definitely not. I'm pretty sure I saw this one as it came out in 1994. I don't know if this would have been a drive-in or maybe this is an afternoon matinee for a young read, but I certainly saw this one. Close to release.
1: This was an afternoon matinee for young Dave, that's for sure.
0: This one was a sensation. This is everywhere. This is a huge launching point. This is Cameron Diaz's first accredited uh, film role. This is part of Jim Carrey's maybe the biggest year anyone has ever had. Let's take a moment. I know this is, we haven't done this segment in a long time, but uh, let's dive into IMDb Corner. Yes, baby, (laughs) let's look through this. Okay, so this is 94. IMDb Sides. He's on In Living Color. He does all kind of stuff. Fire Marsha Bill. He does a Jay Leno thing. The Scary Larry Show. 1994 also is the release of Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Then we've got The Mask. 1994 also sees Dumb and Dumber. And in 1995, Batman Forever. 95 also, Ace Ventura when Nature Calls. 96, Cable Guy. That's a great movie. 97, Liar. So then he slows down and he's only got four movies in 1998
1: i don't know if it's our second but it's the second one i can think of in living color alum almost in direct succession
0: at least two yeah the parallels just keep spreading out there are so many things that overlap with this and other stuff we're doing guys we're cracking the code i don't know if we're gonna unravel a conspiracy we didn't plan a narrative out but one is certainly developing
1: we found the glitch in the matrix we'll be doing at least one more jim
0: carrey with uh, batman The parallels never stop. The Nerdoplexy Cinematic Universe is born because the mask (laughs) opens. Do you know where this movie takes place? This movie takes place in Edge City. (laughs) Edge! (laughs) Not Edition City.
1: Edge City. Hard Edge City.
0: Now, this is great. I love this thing because there's a a scuba man has found a chest underwater. It's chained closed. Instead of taking the whole thing out of the water, which it can't be that heavy, it's underwater.
1: Some of those chains could be under some big rocks, maybe. Perhaps. Devil's advocate.
0: He cracks this thing open and is immediately killed by the chaos of the whole thing. We're doing Lord of the Rings stuff. The mask emerges and floats away. Because, you know, you watch a movie called The Mask, there's going to be a mask.
1: Spoiler alert, there's a mask in this one.
0: The box and chains and mask all look extremely
1: cool. I love the mask prop. I think it looks awesome. Out of the jump, we could say a lot of the effects in this movie are really cool and super duper hold up.
0: For the most part, they hold up. They hold up to a degree that I did not anticipate at all. The
1: opposite of a cool world where you could do this cartoon stuff in the real world. The Coco Bongo scenes are the perfect inverse of cool world's club scenes because you have just this cartoon character showing up at a real club as opposed to a real guy showing up at a cartoon club. And it looks infinitely cooler and way more realistic and tina carlisle was kind of Hollywoodish. she's very similar
0: another through line how many movies have we watched that have had a full lounge singer song this is three the three that i can think of cool world rocketeer and now the mask was this movie pg-13 or pg PG pg-13 cameron diaz's character itself makes this movie pg-13 that's why i had to ask this is damn near Crumholtz. this movie So we got Stanley Ipkiss, nice guy, chump extraordinaire. This is Save the Cat, and I don't know what this is. Is is it like a drown the cat? Because he gets walked all over, and that's kind of his whole character. He gets dunked on by a a lady he works with, some mechanics. I love those tropes. The
1: crooked mechanic, it's always Mm -hmm. a classic. The evil landlord. Oh, and he's got them both. Peak early 90s.
0: This movie is basically 98% cliche. It's like a trope fest, and- That's kind of what I think they were setting out for. So mission accomplished. But to that effect, we get introduced to one of our other main characters, Tina. She arrives at the bank Stanley works at. And this camera, you know, they talk about like a leery camera. This is like the definition because there's a slow scroll starting at Cameron Diaz's feet.
1: Some slow-mo objectification. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With vertigo
0: (laughs) zooms. They do that dolly pan thing. She was basically just a thing that walked through the door once that camera started leering. <laughs> if you need a definition of male gaze camera, this is this is absolutely it. But she's there and it's all part of the gag because she is working with her associate Dorian and she's casing the bank. She's got a big old camera. She's running a game on poor old Stanley.
1: And Stanley's buddy Charlie notices that he's having a pretty bad day in general. And he says, Tonight,
0: I'm going to take you on a love safari deep into the darkest heart of
1: the urban jungle. <laughs>
0: His friend Charlie, played by Richard Jenny, gets a couple of lines and he makes a meal out of every single one of them.
1: And if it's not going to be clear, maybe the most perfect role ever written for Jim Carrey, I think. And there's so many good, witty, clever lines in it, even though there's a lot of ridiculous lines as well. But Charlie says he's going to take him to the Coco Bongo, this hip happening club. And he says only the creme de la creme get in there. And then Stanley's like, so how do we get in? When he was talking to Tina Carlisle, Cameron Diaz, he sharpens his pen. I loved that bit so much. And Charlie sniffs her coat.
0: Not a good luck, Charlie.
1: I didn't like that one as much. I did like sharpening the pen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a good sequence. It's so fun to see young, fresh-faced Jim Carrey. He's been in a lot of movies by 1994, but I was really taken aback to see Cameron Diaz in 1994. I was like, oh, whoa! She became so ubiquitous for such a long time, and I haven't seen this movie in years, but she is extremely charming in this, and this is some of the best work. I don't want to say like that she's ever done because certainly she's done more complex and different things, but she's firing on all cylinders. That's what I want to say about it.
1: You might say that she's uh, smoking. (laughs) that's the tagline of the movie as far as debut movies go for somebody as big as cameron diaz got especially
0: in the 90s she knew her voice great point going back and watching it now it's still cameron diaz like you can see she's not struggling for being as new to the scene as she is she doesn't miss a beat she nails every single one of her scenes for sure so stanley and charlie they head to the club i love the look of this club I love all of the styles. This is right when the zoot suit revival is happening for some reason. I blame the mask for Swing coming back. It must have been brewing in the background, but I think this really brought it to the forefront. I cannot believe that the mask movie started it, but just capitalized on it and really kind of brought it to the social unconscious.
1: I think Squirrel Nutzippers are watching this movie. Like, this is a good idea. Let's do it. Somewhere there's a Cherry Pop and Daddy rubbing his hands together.
0: <laughs> uh, well, that's got to be going on right now, right? Let's find out. I need to know. Cherry Pop and Daddies. Let's see when that album Zoot Suit Riot <laughs>
1: ninety
0: seven. Three years later. <laughs> Three years later. When did Squirrel Nutzippers' song Hell, come out? Shit, Dave got me good. Dave got me good. Dave was Dave's got this one. Ring the bell. <laughs> correct you where's Boston's? tones
1: mighty mighty boss tones. Uh, yeah let's see Bostones. That's, that's ska you can barely count that squirrel nut zippers though
0: they formed in 93 the reason i mention it is because they've got the look wow what a great website name snippers sn zippers great magnificent 93 yeah okay squirrel nut zippers They're yeah they're all in that 93 territory so the mask is on the fucking bleeding pulse Hell yeah. So this is it. Yeah, Dave's right. This is what started it off, baby. We're calling it. Nerdaplexy is calling it. Well, this movie was extremely popular. This made a ton of money. Wicked popular. Jim Carrey at the height of his career, as we said. The visuals are great. We talked about, but the styles are also great. Everybody is looking sharp as hell. Stanley and Charlie go to this club. Tina, her dress, she's wearing this like white and black pinstripe number. Amazing. Later on, The mask's yellow suit. That's iconic. Dorian's earring. A little bit weird, but I love the presence. Owning who he is. He's right in it. It makes sense. He's fame, you know?
1: Even though Jim Carrey at his maybe most famous, Stanley Ipkiss was not at his most famous. So he did not get into the Coco Bongo
0: that night. So if Charlie flashes the guy some money, was he not holding ones? Was he not flashing $1 bills? He was flashing singles, which is why when
1: the mask robs the crooks later on and he shows those like thousand dollar bills let's be clear the mask robs the the bank (laughs) Well, yeah he does
0: rob the bank that's true he hits it first he beats the crooks there but he did he did rob that bank he did do a crime (laughs) many crimes they're at the club charlie gets in with two babes stanley gets thrown out in the street and then he breaks a cardinal rule he moves the rope he goes past the rope. Can't do that. They throw his ass out and he gets all money and then a car drives by and splashes him. And then Tina shows up. Honestly, this moment. Wow. I was really smitten here. Their little reunion was so cute. I was squeeing a bit. Is that what it is?
1: <laughs> Squee.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was squeeing.
1: <laughs>
0: Ooh. babe. Hmm. <laughs> <Hey>. hate it. <laughs> Um, I'm going to call that fucking ref. He's here. <laughs> him getting kicked out of that club,
1: though, was kismet because his car broke down in the middle of a bridge. And then he saw some trash that needed saving.
0: His car didn't break down. It broke apart.
1: His loaner from the bad mechanics that he does violate later.
0: It's very cartoonish. It's on point. This movie is basically a live-action cartoon. So he finds
1: under the bridge this mask, this old wooden mask that they showed in the very beginning. And he goes back to his apartment thinking he just got a cool little piece of art, I guess. We get to see a little bit into the background or the under the surface of Stanley Ipkiss. And he's this single, lonely guy who loves old classic cartoons like the classic cartoon wolf with the the tongue that unfurls and Tex
0: Avery stuff.
1: In in The Son of the Mask the character's last name is Avery. Oh, very well maybe but I'll never know for sure. I bet you will. I'll never prove you wrong. Well, you will know. I bet you will. Oh no.
0: <laughs> Once we get to 2005, <laughs> that's uh, I was really
1: hoping it came out after
0: Iron Man. Me too. Me too. Megan broke my heart earlier today in telling me about that. But apparently it's one of the worst movies ever made according to the internet. I've never seen it and I'm guessing by Sam's reaction, he's never seen it. So, Five minutes of it maybe. That was enough. I never watched it. I watched Heckler. Oh, Dave. You've never seen it? I usually seek out the worst movies ever made, but even that one was like, I don't know. That's what I mean. I'm shocked to hear that. I thought the Son of Mask was going to be your flick. I watched Heckler instead uh,
1: where... He talks about his experience after the Son of the Mask and how it basically destroyed his career for a very long time. Do you guys know about his YouTube channel? No. Jamie Kennedy's YouTube. Can we just say that it destroyed his career forever? It didn't, though. Yeah, he's dead now. He's only in like the newest Tremors movies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is that, well, uh, Rip, that guy, he just died, by the way. The gun guy, the guy who's all he becomes the star after the second one. Really? Oh, no. You're kidding!
1: Oh, that's a bummer.
0: Yeah, I think he. I think he just died. Our, our in memoriam continues. He's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! I missed it. I messed up. I messed, I blew it, y'all. Good news. We get more tremors to come.
1: Spoiler alert: Bert Gummer does die at the end of the Last Tremors movie, though.
0: Oh, well, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Just Michael Gross is still alive. <laughs> uh well that's good well good for him but jamie kennedy's career is dead and if you go on his youtube channel he has like 45 to like half hour minute long videos about how he got cast in things and it's just him literally it's (laughs) like well i got a call from my agent and then i went to the audition and then i did the audition and then they called me back and then i i went back again and i did another audition and then they called me back again and then I sat down with my agent and we talked about it. So it's that for like an hour. So check that out. It seems fun. Jamie Kennedy's finest role, though, doesn't happen until
1: 1996. I don't know why we're talking about Jamie Kennedy. He's not in this movie. (laughs) I brought up Son of the Mask. (laughs) But but Scream is great. Um, Scream is great. (laughs) We joke a lot about reaching out to celebrities and stuff. But Jamie Kennedy's probably the most likely to actually hear this episode, so we'll try to be cool about it.
0: I think he's great. every I didn't <laughs> see Son of the Mask. I think he's great. I'm just kidding. He's well never he's gonna... in Scream, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he's great in Scream. Right. He's he great in Scream. Scream.
1: Oh, he's wonderful in Scream.
0: He's great in Scream Two.
1: He's even the best part of Scream Three, which was not a great movie.
0: Oh shit, didn't he get killed in Scream One?
1: He got killed in Scream Two. And then he has a posthumous video talking about the horror movie rules in Scream Three. How there'd be way more deaths in the story would make way less sense and he was right. Which is really
0: really great. <laughs> when can we make this a horror movie podcast? When can we when can we sidestep? So at this point, he's, he's back at home. He's back at home. We're back at home. Mm-hmm. He pops in some cartoons, his landlady yells at him and he switches over to a news broadcast and we get to see my man, the best TV game show host of all time Ben Stein, talking about his new book about masks conveniently because Stanley's got a mask he's all like mask on fuck it mask off
1: (laughs) hell yeah he's all like mask on fuck
0: it mask on mask off fuck it mask off mask on fuck it mask on mask off fuck it mask off Stanley Ipkiss was a little weenie Found a mask, turn into a greenie He met Tina, she be looking good She worked a coca bongo and you know that Dorian took My man gets so horny that he turns into a wolf You can shoot him with some bullets but he spits him like the tooth He got that 5-0 dancing like they was on stage And when the mask hit the theater was a whole new age oh. Mask on,
1: fuck it, mask on Mask off, uh. fuck it, mask up. Uh. Mask on, mask on. Fuck it,
0: mask off. Mask off. Fuck it, mask off. Pete. No gotta get back to Blockbuster. Monday morning, on the way to school. Fuck them late charges, yo. Dave, that was so fucking hip. It's it's so hip.
1: I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) No, it's dope. Oh, really?
0: It's a fucking
1: banger. All right. I'll, <laughs> you'll probably pop it in right here. <laughs> Anyways, landlord's name is Miss Peenman, which is good.
0: She's a real sticky wicket. I think she's being a little overdramatic. You all want to about his cartoons. It's kind of weird. His apartment features cartoons pretty heavily, but you know. Specifically, the cartoon Wolf. He's got a Taz pillow, which explains his tornadoing, but he puts that dang thing on. All the transformations look okay, but this first one is gruesome, and I loved it. He looks at it and has that little shimmer. The look of it, the gooey kind of nature. Pulling his face. I wonder if this Chuck Russell has done any horror movies. Yeah, he did The Blob in 88. He did Dream Warriors, yeah. it's the best one. Oh, he directed Eraser. There you go. Ooh. Under pseudonym. Well. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you, you need to. Oh, and he directed an episode of Fringe, which is fun.
1: I wonder if he's still receiving his Fringe
0: benefits. (laughs) Ah. Megan told me her favorite part of our podcast is when I run my edits and listen through and laugh very hard at ourselves and our jokes. And I have to say, it's my favorite part as well. Um, Yeah. I just want you to know. A lot of times, these the same old, you'll do your jokes rapid fire, and I won't hear them until the edit. And I really appreciate that. I like to keep them pretty subtle, you know? They'll work their way in, and it's good times. You know, people will get it. So, yeah, my man puts this mask on and doing every catchphrase anyone has ever approximated ever. So, I had a little burnout with the catchphrases, but I have to give this movie credit because this movie kind of launched that as a trope, but I found it a little tiresome One to rewatch, just from being honest. (laughs) I got geeked every time I heard a new one.
1: (laughs) Well, the trailer also had every single catchphrase in it. You're probably
0: right about that. But you had to watch the movie so you could hear, hey, Pachuco. Hey, Pachuco! (laughs) One of his first things, when he's on his revenge spree, he's like shoving exhaust pipe up guys' butts and stuff like that. The rear transmission, if you will. Yeah, oh, very good, very good, very good. The balloon animal scene where he's the uh, Circus Barker character, I found that quite horrifying, actually. Very, like, it, very spooky. The first
1: thing you learn about the mask after he puts it on is that there's no rules. Whatever he wants to have and need at that time, he has it. And whatever he needs to do, he can do it. He turns into a cartoon. He's digging into his pockets for balloons, and he pulls out a condom. That's a, that's a good joke.
0: Sorry, wrong pocket.
1: He couldn't pull out money because he reached into his pocket and pulled out a moth. He couldn't just create the money. Every other thing he could create.
0: Can't make the scene if you don't have the green.
1: Got lines for everything. I think they're great. <laughs> <laughs> Look, mom, roadkill. I like the idea that the mask is Loki and, as we all know, trickster god. So you think, like, of all of the things for him to have in his pocket... An alarm clock that makes a lot of noise whenever he knows he can't make a lot of noise. He knows he can't, but he knows, like, what would the worst thing be for me to have right now? And it'd be an alarm clock that can jump around. <laughs> and then he has a gigantic hammer in his other pocket so that he could try to smash the alarm clock and make even more noise. So there's, like, he gains nothing from that. It's all about the bit. It's just to make somebody angry. That's what I like about it. I think Marvel missed a chance. This could have been our Loki. <laughs> <laughs> I think they did okay, but I get
0: what you're coming from.
1: Our Loki could have had his eyes pop out and his tongue unfurl just for fun.
0: My dude's head comes apart a couple of different times.
1: Not unlike the crow. If you blow holes in them, they just cinch right back together. It's all about the masks. He had that drama mask that made him want to paint his face white. And then we have this mask, which is not a dissimilar mask. Oh, shoot. Wow. Putting it all together. There we go, baby. I love that. It's all about the pageantry. As we said, the antics include some unwanted sodomizing of the mechanics. And he made Tommy guns out of his balloons, which is very cool. He wakes up in the morning thinking, man, what a crazy dream. But the mask is next to him. To
0: be um, rudely dissuaded of that opinion pretty quick. The detective shows
1: up. Miss Peenman is telling him all of her woes. He made my carpet wet, and the detective, he sees Stanley Ipkiss, and he wants to question him about the noise and the attacker, et cetera, because he made a lot of noise throughout town, and uh, he makes fun of his pajamas, which is important, because it's Chekhov's pajama. I-, I felt like it was uncalled for at first. Yeah, you know, he's kind of a hard-boiled dick. Yeah. <laughs> stanley tries to throw the mask away as
0: reed would say and oops-a-dups it did a boomerang i like that it's catching on (laughs) oops-a-dups it zooms right back in it uses like the power of chance and chaos to flow right back in there's a great line when they're wheeling the mechanics out and they have tailpipes (laughs) in their tailpipes (laughs) and someone says i want a proctologist standing by you heard me best one you can find
1: Well, you wouldn't want to sever anything when you pull it out. There's funny bits in this movie. And and even funnier ponytails on ball guys. But like Dennis the Menace, it did save us that squelching sound when he shoved it in. So I was happy about that. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> but now he goes back to the bank. He goes back to work. And again, a pretty woman comes in and walks past Stanley's friend, Charlie. And, and it's Ask Peggy herself. An advice columnist. I was fooled again, just as fooled as I was when I was a kid. I was like, oh, maybe this is
0: the love interest. It's a good twist. I watched the movie, but my big attraction to The Mask was the show. And while I was watching this, I could not remember. I could not place, like, I remember the show was about Stanley and his, like, wife or partner or whoever, and I couldn't remember if it was Tina or Peggy because both seem plausible.
1: They do such a good job of making you think that Tina's like the worst early on and Peggy's not bad. She likes that incel article he wrote,
0: nice guys finish last. Incel article? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of extreme. He making make some assumptions. He got a lot of fan mail. He got a lot of ladies wanting to reach out. He's just a nice guy. This is before Mr. Nice Guy has been co-opted. Exactly, yeah. This is not the big
1: smile and bright tooth. Well, you know, those ladies are always looking for the BBD. The bigger, better deal. As we all know that that stands for.
0: Stan, you may call him an intel, but he does get some digits. Peggy gives him her number. Uh, But he seems to, like, either not get it. I don't know what his deal is. He's working on his confidence. The mask gave him a little bit of confidence. He was able to tell off his
1: boss. That night. He dreams of all of the the things he wishes he could be, you know, dreams of being cool, a version of the events that unfolded outside the Coco Bongo that were horribly embarrassing for Cameron Diaz to see. Tina Carlyle. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Tina Carlyle to see. In this version, he's got a pretty nice whip and and he's smoking a cigarette and he's cool as could be. He's got that massive ass limo. In my opinion, he was still pretty much a dork, even in, in his dream of being cool.
0: Honestly, I think the first time through, it wasn't too bad. I mean, she was digging it. He was obviously in a way, but his confidence really played it off. And his little joke about his car, I think, really won her over in that moment.
1: And the dream itself culminates in her licking his ear vigorously, which is cool.
0: But lo and behold, there's another connection, baby, just like the gate. This trope keeps coming up. Another,
1: you wake up to a dog licking you, but thinking it's someone kissing you in your dreams scene. You go just like The Gate, I go just like Dennis the Menace. Just like every movie, someone's licking your ear in your bed. It's not a lady, it's a dog. It's also unwanted. Why would you want <laughs> Do you want a lady to lick your ear up and down like that? I don't know. <laughs> I think we talked about that in Shrek 2.
0: We did. Well, it's
1: going to keep happening.
0: There we go, there's another one. Shrek 2, which had Rupert Everett from Cemetery Man keeps happening it's all connected the ncu we're taking over
1: evidently you can see in the frame when milo's licking his ear that there's a freshly opened jar of peanut butter with a knife sticking out of it on the nightstand oh which is which is how (laughs) they got him to do that really funny just
0: smear a little bit laid down very cool this is where we get the planning and execution of a bank heist that as aforementioned was rudely interrupted by Ya boy, the mask. It goes bad. The crooks start shooting at the cops, and I guess they all get killed.
1: Why did they start shooting at the cops when they weren't holding anything stolen? Because the money was gone, and the cops were going to bust them. I think they had that inclination. I
0: guess. They all had guns and stuff, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, I think they probably would have been better served to just leg it as opposed to get to gunfire, but it doesn't help. The only thing that they can see is only one man that apparently makes it through unscathed and points out the mask is the man who done it. The mask is so fun to have on
1: that Stanley feels compelled to put it on again after finding out that it flew back into his house. And even with the knowledge that he's likely going to maim and possibly kill people, he puts it on. <laughs> he does. Like we said, he robs the bank and with his ill gotten gains, he uses that to get into the Coco bongo where he reenacts that Tex Avery wolf in the club scene mm-hmm. you know his heart's beating out of his chest his tongue's uh sticking out real far unfurling his face turns into a wolf which looks really cool yeah surprisingly i expected to be taken out of it by the effects on this watch knowing i haven't seen it since i was a kid
0: there's a couple moments that were like but i think they knew their limitations they picked their shots really well and did things that they were confident they could do as opposed to a cool world where they were like, well, we'll just figure it out in post. Well, also, I like the would be bank robbers.
1: They were in a Edge City power truck and the Edge City powers. Slogan is service worth waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> I always like this. It's a good, a good and...
0: <laughs> joke. It's just a little production joke. They just, you know,
1: and the mask also gets a phenomenally long limo, which I also liked.
0: Oh yeah, his entrance is pretty good. His he's got a bright yellow suit and he's throwing money around. So then we get to see Tina do a, a number here, a little set, much in the in the way of Jasmine wind song in Hollywood. So then Stan the Mask gets a little set. They what what was it? Hey, Pachuco. That classic song. That classic number. Then Dorian takes a shot. Um, well, and he just does a shoot.
1: And it rips his clothes, which is why I brought it up, that that little ugly piece of his pajamas falls down and the, for the detective to find the PJs
0: and then tie it together with Stanley Ipkiss. The magic, yeah, the spits. I really love the mask pretends to be shot and dies in Ponytail Goon's arms. You got me, partner. Um. <laughs> It's so
1: good. That is a legitimately funny scene.
0: Hold me closer in. It's getting dark. The coughing bit, he turns away and coughs and he's dying, and he coughs and then he coughs. <laughs> and and then he like gets up in his face and then coughs into his face. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of my, my big laughs.
1: Also worth mentioning at this point that Jim Carrey's like, movement as the mask is like re- really animated and all of these things. And Chuck Russell said that a lot of money was saved on special effects after Jim Carrey was cast because he's so flexible and cartoonish and they didn't have to like do that fixing in post because he was doing it live, basically, which is crazy and, and amazing. And
0: just further illustrates how perfect he is for the role. He's an incredible physical actor. His control over his body is unmatched to this day. He's got like Chaplin esque levels. I mean, look at him in like something like The Grinch. The way he moves his body is acting in itself. And yeah, he looks like a living cartoon normally, which was kind of his bread and butter here. So yeah, if you need a cartoon man, Jim Carrey is where you go. Okay, so Stan wakes up. He has an interaction with the police. They know about his BJ's. But he's got a closet full of cash, and someone stole
1: his pajamas, is what he says. It's a really bad excuse. He's saying, you know, how can we live in this town where even your pajamas aren't safe? Interesting to note, and we maybe could have noted it back when we were talking about the hot streak that Jim Carrey was on during this year, is that he was paid only 450000 for this movie. Jesus. Which is because the deal was signed before Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, became a hit.
0: Oh, shit. That's funny.
1: Yeah, to put that in some perspective, the next movie that he signed on for was Dumb and Dumber, which he got paid $7 million for. A little bit of a raise.
0: (laughs) Well, this movie made about 100% of its budget back. I wish it would have gotten a sequel. It's really unfortunate that it didn't. Okay, so Dorian, the main boss, puts out a $50,000 bounty on the mask. He needs to know where this guy is going. And, okay, you guys got to help me with some logic stuff here. Stan meets up again with Tina, and she wants to set a meeting up with the mask at Landfill Park at Sunset.
1: Not dissimilar to Blank Man. A guy who knows the guy can set
0: them up. (laughs) Does she just want to, like, hang out with him, or is she trying to get the cash? No, she's legit. You're supposed to think she wants the cash. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Because then when Peggy comes, you think she's legit. But she wants the cash. She wants that money. I, at no point in time, thought that uh, Cameron Diaz wanted the money. Because she seemed legitimately smitten during the dance scene.
0: I think she also realized that the mask was Stanley. Between the dance, I think, yeah, I think she knew pretty much immediately. I mean, they look exactly alike. They act exactly alike.
1: They sound exactly alike.
0: She's the only person who's ever actually talked to Stanley. Like treated him like a human being. She says later, you're the only person who's ever treated me like a human. And it's the same. She was there to like seduce him and get the lay of the land, but I think they actually bonded during the times they spoke. And especially seeing him down, I think really endeared him. It's like a little sad puppy, you know what I mean? (laughs) Seeing him had his worst made him better in her eyes.
1: The reason why I say I think she knows that Stanley is the
0: mask, she doesn't want to kiss the mask again. She was more interested in talking to Stanley. She wasn't surprised to see him immediately appear. She was disappointed that Stanley went away. Yeah, I think you're right.
1: Before the mask shows up, They're talking about Landfill Park.
0: I hardly ever stopped by here. It's kind of hard to believe it was just a garbage heap.
1: And they can see this kind of like Aurora Borealis in the sky, and they're talking about how methane emissions really pick up the colors.
0: Wow. All those pinks and
1: greens. (laughs) (laughs) But is it worth all the asthma? That's from Parks and Rec. Yes. (laughs) Then he comes out and he's doing... Because, you know, it's it's all cartoonish stuff. Whenever the mask pops out, he's Pepe Le Pew. He has those great French lines. Kiss me, my dear,
0: and I will reveal my croissant. I will spread your pate. I will dip my ladle in your vicious walls.
1: <laughs> and a beautiful sight gag is whenever the cops show up on the scene because I knew Stanley Ipkiss was going to be there. And they yell, freeze. And he freezes in midair. <laughs> Exactly like you would expect like a Bugs Bunny to do.
0: He has big Bugs Bunny, real like little stinker energy in this movie. And it works. He gets away, and it's at this point that I'm realizing that The Mask is a full-blown musical. Because we're going to have our third musical number here with Cuban Pete. The producers wanted to pull Cuban Pete from the movie because
1: it went on too long. That is insane. And they said it dragged... But then they said the test audiences loved it so much that they couldn't take it out.
0: (laughs) I was dragging, and it brought me right back into this movie. They've got a ton of cops in this town. Ineffective, maybe on the take, but there's a bunch.
1: And they can all dance, and Vegas
0: is looking to hire them because they did such a good number.
1: The SWAT team is looking at getting a job in Vegas. I loved that joke.
0: Peggy shows up, and it's a classic. They jump in the car. There's another great scene where they all try to shoot Stanley. The one deputy or whatever goes, I missed. And he says, yeah, man, we all missed. She's real fun. (laughs) (laughs) That guy, the second in command is really good. He's got so many good singers. I was like writing down here, Peggy with the save and a heartfelt. And then I had to scribble out a word and write betrayal. Because she's on the take. She did it for that cash and sold him out to Dorian. Wicked sellout. Told him how the mask works and everything. They're at the paper,
1: and it looked like Dorian's guys were going to put him in the newspaper press. And I wrote, he's going to be all over the front page.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Masterful. So Dorian gets the mask from Stanley. He super shredders up. Whenever he puts the mask on. It's much like alcohol in that, like, if you're a cool dude and you get, like, hammered, you'll just be, like, probably more of a cool dude. But if you're, like, deep down a real jag and you get, like, real drunk, you're a real jag. <laughs> Even before you put it on, there's, like, that, the storm brewing over him. I really like that effect. Obviously, that, that's not him, right? Who's the, uh, who's, who plays that guy whenever he puts the mask on? Because his
0: neck is jacked, dude. Uh, I don't know if it's a body dub or just a neck prosthesis. That would be insane. Let's see. Let's take a look. I'm not seeing anybody in the top cast. Let's look a little deeper. Okay. Ally Punk, police officer, the figure. Maybe the figure. Let's see. Bob O'Reilly. No. <laughs>
1: it was Gareth Sato. He ain't it.
0: Oh, so it was a different person? Oh, there we go. Uncredited. That's why. His neck gets so thick. Oh, this guy's neck is big. Yeah. No, that's him for sure. Uh, Oh, he's in the Wolverine and he's in a couple of different things. But yeah, my dude's neck is jacked, but I believe it is uh, still Peter Green's voice. And the the mask they make for him, it looks like a a roided up Peter Green. So yet again, the visuals were so great that this one was nominated for a award. I didn't know that. That's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, it was beat, unfortunately, by um, Forrest Gump for some reason. Because of the feather? (laughs) No, I think because of the cutting him into the historical footage or whatever. Yeah, the LBJ stuff. I think that's what done it. Uh, They were so horny for that, Forrest Gump. The boomers were uh, frothing at the mouth to give that every award they could. I I have to go potty.
1: Okay, have fun.
0: Okay, better go before you ipkiss your ass goodbye. Uh it's good. It's a good one. Yeah. But enough talk about the uh, that drifter I found. Let's see. So we're at we're at Dorian becoming Pain. We just uh we're just Ipkissing kissing our ass goodbye. Yes, we were.
1: <laughs> that is the best pun ever. Money better
0: be here Ipkiss kiss. Or you can ip kiss your ass goodbye. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Though the cop says, "What do you think?" Ipkiss is just gonna fall right into my lap, and they drive by, and they uh, the the goons throw him right at him. Also,
1: where we see uh, that Milo is not neutered because I accidentally paused, <laughs> and because <it, laughs> I, I I like had to stop and do something, and I paused like
0: as his balls were like
1: center screen. <laughs>
0: I'm shocked that's not your background right now. <laughs> I hadn't noticed, but I, I won't dispute it.
1: It's indisputable. It's it's in my notes, too. <laughs> uh, but the criminals did smartly plant a latex green mask in Stanley Ipkiss's jacket whenever he landed on the cops.
0: Did that look to you guys like a Michael Myers mask? A little bit, but it just looked like a cheap costume store mask,
1: like an alien mask. It could have been silver shamrock mask for sure.
0: There we go. We've had a couple of episodes where we've done a lot of visual references. From now on, if you head on over to nerdaplexy.com, you can check the show notes, and we'll have all of these visual references and screen grabs and things like that we talk about. This sounds like hard work for you. I mean, I got to do it anyhow. So I think, well, we were talking about bat peens and stuff like that. I don't know if we're going to post that on the website. But Yo, yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be taken down. We do a significant amount of referencing, and I'll only do it if we reference something, but on NerdPlexy, we just redid the the website, so go ahead and poke around over there. After the mask
1: leaves the auto body shop, and the place was called Ripley's Auto Finishing, and then he makes it say rip off. It's a good good visual gag. There's a sight gag. I
0: didn't notice. There we go. We're just testing it now. You'd be able to look for
1: that kind of stuff. Man, and there's this other time whenever like Stanley puts his mask on and you can see this one thing in the back of the screen. And then, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you definitely got to get that one. If you don't have that one, what's the point of even doing <laughs> this thing? One of the most humanizing moments is while uh, Stanley's in jail and he's laying toilet paper over top of his, his toilet seat.
0: I-, I made a note of that as well. I'm like, yeah, I, I can relate. I feel you, Stan.
1: And then when Milo saves him, there's a great, a great joke whenever he's, he's telling him to go get the keys off of the sleeping cop. And he grabs a piece of cheese. It's a good joke. It's also very good.
0: That dog is great. I love Milo. So we find out that Milo is the best boy that ever what was. Balls or no. He jumps up. Balls, though. Through the bars. Grabs the keys. Frees the guy. Stanley then does do an assault and battery. And does steal a gun. And beats a cop into unconsciousness with it, which is, I mean, it's pretty bad. That man's got brain damage. That cop had one redeeming quality.
1: And it was that whenever he had a visitor, he said, Hey, you, with the face, you got a visitor. <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. So Tina Carlisle does visit Stanley while he's in prison and almost gives him a kiss while making another Ipkiss pun.
0: Okay, lady, time's
1: up. And I wrote, this bald dude's ponytail is outrageous. <laughs> and that must be the bald dude who's chasing Tina whenever she leaves. He's like the number two goon. His bald head and ponytail is absurd.
0: It really is. Stanley does manage to free himself, and uh, Dorian is planning, now that he's this, he's the Super Shredder Mask Man, he is going to pay a visit to the Coca Cabana charity ball, uh, and he's he's planning to have a blast because he's he's going to blow it up. Ah!
1: <laughs> he's he's going to explode the place.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's going to blow that place
1: just right all the way up. But that's like his place where he
0: fronts money. That's like his laundering facility. Why would he? um well because it, we didn't talk about it but he messed up and overstepped and his boss threatened to kill him if he wasn't gone in a week and then he got all roughed up by the cops and he you know he he's, he got all messed up and uh, fled the club basically after the shootout with the cops so his boss took back over the club
1: they show up to the club you said they have all that money in that big pig
0: yeah it's a charity ball so it's- Yeah, it's a casino night at this charity event, and for some reason, they're putting the actual money, loose bills, into a giant pig suspended over the fucking event. It's very Squid Game. It's not like it's clear. It's not like it's a Squid Game thing. It's clear. You can see the money. It's like a porcelain fucking pig. What is
1: this? Dorian's first plan whenever he gets into the club is to shoot at it, and I have to imagine that if you were ever going to cover your tracks, probably 20s with bullet holes in them is not a great look, but...
0: Stanley does his best die hard here and gives Charlie a gun, starts leading people out the back. As they've said, he's got he's got confidence
1: now and he's actually accomplishing things that he never in a million years would have if he didn't ever have the mask on.
0: Exactly. And there's a moment here Dorian sets up the bomb and says he sets the bomb for ten minutes. Yet again, guys, guess what? Guess how many minutes were left we're in the movie. Oh yeah. Ten minutes continuity baby 10 minutes hell yes so the bomb's ready to go there's a trick kiss moment here with Cameron she tricks uh, Dorian into taking off the mask and then kicks it away
1: yeah he's got a little snake tongue he was she was really appealing to his humanity and his lust because obviously he had everyone dead to rights and he could have got out of there no problem but instead she was able to easily charm him even though he was super powered
0: She used her charisma modifier and and rolled a bluff and got him good. Nat 20. He took off that mask. Luckily, Milo's got that high initiative. He grabs that mask out of the air, puts it on, gets a real big chompers, pees on a man. Does some wonderful stuff. Does a real big tinkle. Tinkle.
1: He pees on the bad long hair man.
0: (laughs) The bad long hair
1: man. I couldn't believe they got away with this on a PG-13 because, like, television that's like TV-13 or whatever couldn't get away with that. They had to cut the tinkling sound out of a joke on Futurama once. You, you have to stop calling it tinkling. That Well, that's the sound. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna. They had to cut the
1: tinkling so I'm saying it again.
0: You say it like a man. Piss noise. Yeah. <laughs> they had to cut the piss noise out of a Futurama episode. Thank you. There's a whole big kerfuffle, but eventually Stanley gets to Milo, takes off the mask, becomes the mask again, manages to save Tida by uh, flushing oh. Dorian down the drain. Definitely drowned the guy, right? Uh, he flushes Dorian down the drain, and then a, a knife comes up, and then presumably stabs Dorian in the butthole. Of course. Mm -hmm. but it's post-mortem because he's already drowned but the mask eats the bomb and then Stan gets off scot-free because the mayor vouches for him and they they, I guess I guess head for the coast they drive off into the sunset and certainly never return to Edge City right because he did those crimes they have all the evidence he did all the crimes
1: many crimes although the the mayor thinks he's a hero because he
0: saves the mayor and he says it's well that's nothing any American with balls of steel wouldn't do for his community (laughs) he really milks it much like his balls
1: of steel indeed they drive off not unlike nagi and francisco to escape to a new life to see what the rest of the world looks like exactly and he comes upon the bridge where he found the mask and he chucks the mask off but Charlie and Milo both have jumped into the water to go get that mask back, leaving you seemingly open for a sequel that Jim Carrey never agreed to do. That was a super high jump, by the way.
0: Cue the mask song.
1: Who's that man written by Jermaine Dupree? Is
0: that is that is that somebody?
1: Is that a guy? Is that a person? I mean he's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't know Jermaine Dupree? I do not know of Jermaine Dupree. You know Jermaine Dupree. Regale us with the stories of Jermaine Dupree. <laughs> uh, yeah. One, two, three. Yeah. Has it yeah. played? go by the name of Jermaine yeah. J- Dupree, dope yeah. man, fresh in the place to be. And, uh... oh, I think they, they, they like I guess they don't like him. He's a little guy. He's got some hits.
0: Oh, welcome to Atlanta. Okay, that's a good on. He
1: formed Criss Cross. Okay,
0: I okay. <gasps> oh, yes.
1: I know Criss Cross. So you know Criss Cross. Uh and not to mention he's still he's still doing plenty of songs.
0: The categories he's involved in are Jermaine Dupree Wife, Rappers with Money, and Vegan rappers.
1: That that just means he doesn't want beef. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that
1: was the best segue ever. He's a big producer. He's he produced a great many popular songs, such as Jazzy Hoes, Money Hoes and Power. <laughs> turn it out
0: well unfortunately the show is not we don't have a um hip-hop rap vergence
1: unfortunate
0: all we've got is that comic convergence
1: there's still time to add it
0: and unfortunately the inevitable pull uh of our gravity has sucked us into that verge it's time it's time for the comic convergence This one for me, I'm not so familiar. It's not so much of a comic convergence for me as as it is a cartoon convergence. Really, we can get into the comic in a bit because I want to talk about the cartoon, the Mask animated series. It was released. I don't know if you guys remember this at all. There was a series in in 1995. After all of Jim Carrey's big movies, all three of his big series got animated series ace ventura pet detective dumb and dumber and the mask
1: i remember the mask animated series i I remember watching the other two having
0: seen the other two i should say but not actively watching but the mask i enjoyed i watched a little bit of ace ventura but that was on a time slot that i didn't love but mask was probably my favorite out of those for sure i think there's a lot of good episodes in there they got three seasons so not too bad And it's exactly what you think it is.
1: It's a lot more like the movies than like the comics. The movie was basically written to be a vehicle for Jim Carrey's specific brand of comedy. And they tried to kind of carry that into the cartoon. The comic, created by Doug Mankey and John R. Cutie, published by Dark Horse Comics, was a lot more dark. Like how Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics were much darker than what we got in the 90s. You know, more kid-centric, toyetic. So what happens is it tells the story of a supernatural mask that grants its wearer limitless power and often at the cost of their sanity. And they spend a great deal of time showing the mask or big head in the comics, brutally murdering people in silly ways. So they opted to go less dark, more Jim Carrey for the Jim Carrey movie.
0: Even the drawings of the original that came out at the end of the 80s, uh, 89 I'm looking at here, but... It kind of still looks like Jim Carrey. So he is perfect. The makeup is haunting, but he just exudes this character it's like a cartoon come to life. There was a bunch of different variations of the comic. So the movie itself has spawned a sequel that will be covered under our purview. And it is apparently one of the worst movies ever made, as scored by critical reception. This one fortunately, was received at the box office quite well. The budget was $23 million. The opening weekend, they made that back. So they got $23 million straight out of the gate. And at the end, the worldwide gross was $351 million in 1994. You don't see this often on the old Tomatometer. meter. It's coming in at an 80%. Audience score, 68%. Oh, wow, So that's considerably lower. I think a lot of the reviewers were reviewing it on, you know, the visual stylings and things like that, as opposed to people now watching it and go, "What the heck is this?" Because it's kind of a musical. Is there a mask musical? There's like four or five musical numbers. The mask, the musical. I know it's on an ideas.fandom. so there is a
1: yeah, a fan fiction when we could act this out.
0: I got a connection into McKeesport Little Theater. We can do a limited run. <laughs> All we'll have to decide is who will be the villain and who will be the hero. And maybe we could do a segment about that conundrum and we can call it Who's Your Hero, Who's Your Villain. Nicely done. Punchy to the point. I dug it. I'll have to double down the other direction next time. My hero, I'll, I'll start. I don't usually start. It's, it's Tina Carlisle. The whole time she
1: was being used by the mob a little bit because of her looks but she didn't like it she liked dancing she liked performing she liked stanley she was just an all-around positive force throughout the movie my hero is the art department special effects visual effects teams because as we said this thing really holds up because i remembered there being a lot of special effects and i assumed before i put it on that i was going to be disappointed in the movie and, you know, feel like, wow, this aged poorly, etc. As so many visual effects from this time have done, and even some visual effects from like 10 years ago have done, aged poorly. They did it so smartly, and they filled that niche perfectly. There was no real weird visual effect that was like absurdly bad. So, kudos for
0: that. I had a split tie, and I can't quite figure out who the... Deputy Doofus kind of character. I don't know exactly who that who played that role. Lieutenant Callaway's kind of number two in command. I thought he was really great. Doyle. It's Doyle. Doyle uh is great. Also Milo, the dog. Amazing. Let's see. Is, is Milo a real do they do they accredit Milo? Normally they put that at the end. Max is the name of the dog. So yeah, Max and um Doyle are my heroes. Since I pick Last Hero, I'll get to pick um, first villain. And my villain is that one bad guy's ponytail. I hate <laughs> it. It really distracted from every single scene. And I could not stop thinking about it.
1: I was 50-50 on making that my <laughs> hero.
0: That was the very first thing I wrote down was I, I flipped to the end of my notes and written villain, that guy's ponytail. I normally try to pick two, but I couldn't.
1: My villain is Peggy Brandt, Ask Peggy. Oh, wow, yeah. Super sellout. Secondary villain, I might say, is Loki, the actual trickster god, because he indiscriminately, he would go on anyone's face, you know? Wasn't just the good guy. He went on the bad guy's face. He's just there for the chaos. He even made the good guy probably kill people. My villain is the city funding. They have way too many police they could be cleaning up the the streets. Everything could be so much cleaner. They, they 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 there are way too many way too many police officers. Way too
0: much SWAT. The city funding in this town is is wild to me. You gotta start. You gotta <laughs> run for city council or something, man. You got this. You got this activist streak in you. It comes up a lot. You gotta you gotta funnel this energy.
1: My tweets are too crazy. I don't think I could be in politics.
0: I think motioning on committees would really, I really, I think that would go well for you. All right, well, (laughs) that's pretty much it. Guys, tell me, would you recommend someone in this day and age who've never seen it, never, maybe never heard, maybe have heard about it, I don't know, but never seen The Mask, would you recommend uh, someone check this movie out?
1: Yes, I would recommend The Mask to anyone. There's enough funny silly things in it that you could watch with like a, your family and and there's there's enough horny stuff for the real nasty boys but um <laughs> there's not so much that there's not so much that I would be like embarrassed to watch with like it's not cool world horny no it's not even close it's looney tunes horny it's just like regular ass like just joke yeah it's no hornier than than uh merry melodies
0: Betty Boop or Jessica Rabbit, yeah. I don't think it's Betty Boop level horny either.
1: I don't remember it being all that bad, Dave. I think that's just <laughs> in your own head Canon. Maybe you're right. Well, it's,
0: just, it's just dancing skeletons. <laughs> there were parts of this movie that I really enjoyed. When he said, um, that's a spicy meatball, that got me pretty good. There's a moment that is, I say, a masterful piece of visual storytelling. When he grabs a rose in his mouth during their dance but the amount of time they take to reach down and grab that rose is masterful. It's the middle of a set piece and they take a solid like eight seconds for him to grab this thing. Overall, I kind of, this wasn't a, one of my classics. Like I said, the cartoon was more of a touch point for me. So I think I wouldn't have kept watching had we not done it for the pod. So I don't know that I would recommend this unless you'd liked it before then certainly check it out again it's easy to find i think uh, you are right you could watch this with anybody this hits a lot of demographics you could put this in 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 a mixed crowd and with like anybody and most people will find something to like here
1: the biggest bummer for me is that there was no jim carrey sequel yeah same willing to do sonic 2 not willing to do the mask 2
0: ben stein shows up in the cartoon by the way
1: yeah he does he does This movie is similar to like the Popeye movie with Robin Williams, where it's like an art piece almost. in some of the shots, not the whole thing, obviously, but like some of the shots are way more rich than the mask deserved, perhaps. But I think this is a movie for anyone. If you like cartoons and you like movies, Popeye was an Altman one, wasn't it? That's
0: like basically the last movie he made. Well, it's it's at the end of his like run. He had like a um, a famous run in the 70s there and Popeye was kind of where it dropped off and then he started making a ton of flicks again, I believe.
1: Yeah, I was going to say he's
0: got uh, a lot of movies after that. I saw Popeye one time. I was just up really late one night. You know how like sometimes you like fall asleep with the TV on and then you wake up in the dead of night And sometimes you'd just be like watching a show. I one time woke up, I I fell asleep with Encore on and woke up with Altman's Popeye on like 4 a.m. I've never been so scared in my whole life. I'm like, is that Robin Williams? Is that Popeye? What is wrong with his arms? I'm like, no, I can't. I gotta get out of here. (laughs) That's like a bad trip. That's a pretty intense experience. I didn't know any of those things existed. I love that movie as a kid. It's like two hours and 20 minutes long. I've never revisited it. I've I've been too scarred by it. I can't revisit it. Maybe that's what we'll do come Halloween. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you uh, so much for listening. Um, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. The next movie we'll be watching is 1994's The Shadow. Hell yeah.
1: Ooh. <laughs> Who does know what evil lurks in the hearts of men?
0: Alec Baldwin. That's who. I hope so. I hope Alec Baldwin knows. Well, tune in to find out. Very special thanks to the cast and crew and all all the people that you don't normally think about. Here's Here's to the composer. Here's to the orchestra that played the score of The Mask. Thank you very much.
1: Here's to Jermaine Dupri, even though these heathens don't know who you are. (laughs) You gave me some hints I knew.
0: Yes, thank you, Jermaine. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Steve, for uh, uh, subscribing and being uh, very kind patrons. Reach out and let us know. What's What's your favorite Jim Carrey, huh? Hit us up. You can leave that message over on our Twitter at Nerdoplexy Pod, where you can uh, talk to our social media manager, Dave. You can also hit me up at the face of Dave. I'll tell you right now, my favorite Jim Carrey is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. But I would love to know who your favorite Jim Carrey is. Let me know. Sam is on Twitter at PGH underscore SVH. I'm also on Twitter at PGH underscore Reed. And you can also check me out. I just started doing this. So let's reach out and expand the community. I got, I uh, started doing a letterbox, Letterboxed, excuse me where you rate movies, I'm on there at read underscore Nerdoplexy. We should probably all have a letter boxed. That might be something worth following. So maybe maybe the other guys can be, you know, Dave and Sam underscore Nerdoplexy. Signing up right now. You can see our ratings on all these movies. So look on and rate our ratings and uh, see what you think of movies you may like or dislike or whatever. It's a fun little app. Uh, I suggest it. Uh, it's another way to reach out and have uh, interact with the nerdy community. So, my favorite Jim Carrey is Liar, Liar. Fletcher Reed. I really like. People don't like this movie, but I really like The Majestic. Talk about a bonus episode. I might give us five dollars a month to cover that, baby. <laughs> so check us out next time for our mini episode, and then uh, followed up by The Shadow. But until we meet again, we'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder. Chick-chicky-boom,
1: chick-chicky-boom, chick-chicky-boom. Oh, no. <laughs>